Scott here, greater good again. Little Pope Daddy. Corey here. I got uh, still drinking the early bird from uh, what was the Coronado Brewing Company. Uh, I'm not here. Um, it is a Harbor Walk Citra Pale Ale from Hopster's Brewing Company. And this is none other than a Treehouse beer, double ganger. It's another eight, 8.2% uh, alcohol beer. If you need dinner um, and you want it in a liquid form, go down to Charlton, Mass. Visit Treehouse Brewery. They get some good stuff. Uh, Podcast 46, Top Shelf Fantasy. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Is is Podcoin dead? Podcoin is dead. It is no longer there. All right. So if you're listening to us, just continue listening to us on what you're listening to. Or head over to TopShelfFantasy.com. We've got a podcast player over there. What's cool about that, you can have us up in the background on your mobile phone and still browse porn if you want. So... (laughs) There's that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Top so Shelf Family Programs. Listen, if you're if or browse YouTube or something like that. Or I mean, you can do anything. You can do your homework. It, listen, this is this is America, okay? You can do whatever you want to do. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna what? We're we gonna talk about, about this. Yeah, roster base. It's a perfect opportunity to say that you can also look at your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah that's, there you that's go. what it is. Uh, bold predictions. Yeah. Bold predictions. So playoffs. Week one, got a lot of start and sit questions. Javier, we see you. Uh, so let's kick this one off with bold predictions. Some some big bold ones. Bold, bold, some ones. big bold ones. And these All ones right. always, you know, a few of these bold ones in the past seasons. You know, you always have those random guys that are gonna win you the championship out of nowhere. So Tom is, is a pretty good guy. It's a little Darwin. Dar- Darwin the darling. Uh, I, I I love this guy, man. Um, he's going to be the best Kansas City back this week. That's that is my educated bold prediction. That's pretty bold. You've been saying this for weeks. It's bold. I am so happy I can say that that it could actually happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna go into it. I just. I. I I think that the Patriots' defense is too good, uh, and I think if if Kansas City needs to get something going with old man McCoy and banged up Damian Williams and. You know who, who they just signed Spencer Ware, who's coming off Spencey. what the couch. Uh, Darwin Thompson's got something to prove, so you check him in there. You know, even if he gets two point three points, he can still be the best back. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So my bold prediction is Spencer Ware is the uh, best Kansas City back. <laughs> I'm just I love yours, but um, Ian Thomas is a top five tight end in uh, week fourteen. Greg Olson's probably done um, for the season, probably done for his career. Um, I don't see him coming back at all. And anyways, for this week, they face Atlanta. Rivera is out. The offensive coordinator loved Ian Thomas. Rivera did not like him that much. Supposedly, that's what I've heard. So this guy is a freak athlete. Um, I traded Tom, him, and Dynasty. Boy, he is one Boy, dog. He is one dog. Um, I, I hated doing it, but he's done nothing all year because <laughs> Kriegel's been there. But, I, I mean, a new offense, why not chuck it to your athletic tight end against a middle-of-the-class defense? Um, I mean, it's bold. It's pretty bold. I, I love mean, it. This is a guy you probably aren't going to start. I, I think he's a great DFS play if you've to, been, to save some dollars. Yeah, and if you've been streaming quarterbacks, this is a guy. Tight ends. Tight ends. If you're streaming quarterbacks. Yeah, so Ian Thomas top five. Craig, what's yours? Yeah, so um 
there's so many uh, San Francisco running backs this week that are actually healthy and playing, so why not Jeff Wilson being the highest scoring running back in San hey. Francisco? Hey. Uh, just to throw another wrench into everyone that's playing anyone from San Francisco, just just get more sad knowing that the fourth string guy. Uh, so, Jeff Wilson, full prediction. Yeah, and to uh, piggyback off that in the San Francisco, I decided to target the uh, wide receivers, tight ends, pass catchers, not running backs. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the number one wide receiver slash tight end in San Fran this week. He's had a couple bum weeks in a row, maybe a few bum weeks in a row. Uh, I'm just expecting him to turn it around. He's got New Orleans. Uh, you know, Not a favorable matchup because he probably sees Marshawn Lattimore, but I'm still that, – that's why it's bold, you know? you gotta, you got to be bold. you got to be bold. I think he dethrones Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle this week, and he goes off, maybe gives you like 15, 20 points, and you have a nice little – Nice little biscuit in your, your basket from him. Listen, biscuit ooh. in your basket. The, 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 the weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> you put a biscuit. My biscuit in the basket is uh, Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> oh, okay. We want to get transition off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, start with sit him. Scott, quarterback of the week. Who's in your basket, Scott? <laughs> Cue the music, Tom. Oh, 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 oh magic. I, I'll get some. You'll, you'll put the music in there. Okay. Yeah, we um, say that every time. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. <laughs> no, no. 520. 520. Yeah. I'll figure it out. All right. Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick is oh, my man. start of the week. Love he it. is facing the Jets. He has come off of two quarterback one weeks. I think top five He's been, quarterback yeah. um, weeks. I mean, if you don't... Start him, then you're going to lose. <laughs> if you're not starting a top six quarterback, um, then you're starting him. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's having the best time playing in the Obviously. entire NFL. He's so happy. Oh, God. That beard, too. <laughs> the, okay, so we had him on, what was it, two weeks ago, the waiver pickups. In the picture of Ryan, of Fitzmagic... Just running out there like a child. It should. We should have that post. We should get a Ryan Fitzmagic poster for this room. We need that. Needs that. Oh, for yeah. sure. That would come next week. We don't have him. That needs it. We've talked about him quite a bit. Let's hey, make it. Let's make a. It's pack. just what. What team do we get the picture of? The Bucks. The bu- I think the Bucks. With, still. The bu- with the glasses and, and, oh, and, and the massive yeah, V yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the Deshaun Jackson. Oh man, Deshaun oh, Jackson. Yeah. Oh, let's make right, a pact. Anyway. If at any point any of us are ever at a game or whatever, if we ever get anywhere where Ryan Fitzmagic's available, you do everything you possibly can if you're in the same city as him to get him to say, "Hey, this is Ryan Fitzmagic. You're listening to Top Shelf Fantasy." We make that pact right now. Deal. Pact. We'll him. I'll get him, you. Him, him, him and the Monday week. Night Football cat. We'll get that. <laughs> Uh, so right. if I can, well, if I can hop in real yes. quick. Oh, here. please yeah, do. Let's sorry, go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, Let's talk about Miami, baby. Yeah, this is all Miami stuff. Uh, you've got Fitzmagic Owen. My wide receiver start of the week is going hand in hand. I've got Devontae Parker as my start. Kind of feels like a cop out with how nasty he's been of late, and especially the week he had. But I just wanted to mention, you straight up cannot be still sitting this guy. Eighty-one percent on. It's 81%. crazy. 81% on, so he's not even cracking 90. And he only has a 75% start rate in Yahoo Leagues. You know, deep stat that Scott found today for me. Uh, I thought it's just at least worth mentioning that he needs to be in every single lineup in the world. He and Fitzmagic have been lighting the world on fire, slinging the ball around like schoolboys, having a day out there. They just look like they're having fun. And when you have fun, 
you're loose, you're having a good time, oh, you're your buddies well. are out there, you're whipping the ball, you're having a grand old day, Practice and they're putting up numbers. Jokes. Exactly. And you start both these guys, you're in line for a good week, especially against a very soft Jets defense, who really all but quit on the season, especially after that embarrassing loss to the terrible Bengals last week. I don't see them coming out and putting up much of a fight in Miami. It's just not going to happen. So solid starts. Fitzmagic, Parker, they go hand in hand. Uh, Tom, your quarterback start of the week? Yeah, I'm going to start Carson Wentz. And again, you know, some of these, these are like borderline plays. I think, I think Carson Wentz is obvious enough that most people are going to start him. But if you have other options, people may lean away from him. Um, Carson Wentz with Alshon Jeffrey back last week, had a good week. He ended up putting about 25 points, I think it was, 20-plus points on the board. It was a QB1 effort. He ended up as a top-five QB. Um, You need to continue to go with Carson Wentz uh, moving forward. I know that we have other um, starts in the the Philadelphia offense. So it's just, again, when, when the offense is a go, the quarterback's always a go. Yeah, so I'll piggyback off of that since uh, I have that wide receiver. My start of the week for wide receiver is Alshon Jeffrey. I kind of talked about him before. Uh, confidence boost. Same thing as Tom says. Um, he's facing a pretty bad defense, so he's finally healthy. I think he's a WR2 this week and going forward, so if you have him on your bench, make sure he's in your starting lineup. Yeah, I've got, um, I guess, well, I, I don't have to do it now, I guess, but Miles Sanders, he kind of goes hand in hand. He's a bit of a pass-catching back as well. He's probably going to get a lot of work. I was also operating on the understanding that Jordan Howard might have been coming back. It doesn't look like that's so much going to happen, but I wanted to caution you against worrying about the return of him. Even whenever he comes back, you can extend this logic to. Uh, last week, he had a huge game against Miami. I'd look for him to continue, especially this week against the Giants, to have another big, big game. Uh, like I just said, Jordan Howard's not a huge cause for concern. Even when he comes back, it looks like this is Sanders' backfield. And even the week that he does return, or maybe two weeks from now, whenever he comes back, if he does, the Eagles aren't going to run him out there and overwork him and risk re-injury to Jordan Howard. Why not pound it with Sanders, who looks dynamic, looks like he's comfortable, looks like he is picking up, uh, what did I call it, pass rushers a lot more effectively the last couple games. I think this week specifically has a huge game against the Giants, who are really just not very good. And yeah, the Eagles seem to be putting it together. Yeah, and I mean, last week it was against Miami, right? I mean, and everybody's doing well against them. But the between these three players, this is the Philadelphia offense. Yep. Miles Sanders was catching balls out of the backfield all night, it felt like. It felt like Carson Wentz was looking for either him or Alshon Jeffrey all day long. And the New York Giants defense not that good. This division's wide open. If there's any, we're watching the Cowboys fall apart right now. Sorry, Craig, you you picked Dak. Um, <laughs> you're stuck with Dak, but the Cowboys are falling apart. Philly has to win this game. If they win this game, I mean, they take the NFC East. So, and these divisional rivalries we always talk about. It's always good to beat up on your buddies, you know, you know, guys that you see often. Um, I, I really think that Carson Wentz, Miles, uh, San, I was gonna say Miles Austin. Miles Sanders and Elshon and Elshon Jeffrey are just gonna have huge, huge. Not maybe not huge, like, but Start I want to say astronomical games, but they will be firm, probably not gonna be. They'll bad. be firm wide receiver two floors and high wide receiver one. Ceiling. I was gonna say they probably all finish one at their position this week. Maybe not Elshon, but bold, bold prediction. 
They yeah. all finish top ten at their positions. <laughs> moving, moving back over to the quarterback. We're <laughs> running backs not hard. Yeah, we'll get, get you back. We got we got uh, both myself and uh, someone else, uh, Corey. Uh, we have uh, one of our other quarterbacks that we're all high on this week is Ryan Tannehill uh, as a quarterback start. And I know it's just an easy look uh, for me looking at what he's done while he's been starting. You know, hasn't gotten below 18 fantasy points. It was 18.9, so it was like 19 outside of just that last week against Indianapolis. So it gives people pause last week. But even before that, the week before, it was 32 fantasy points. He's got an easy matchup against Oakland, who has not been performing very well on offense either. So I see a lot of time of possession for Tannehill, and I see a lot of uh, fantasy points going this way. He's, he's gotten multiple touchdown weeks every single time that he's been out there, except for one, and that was against Carolina, where he's still got 25 fantasy points. So there's just a lot of, of points that he's going to be giving you, and so it's just an easy uh, quarterback start this week. For me. Yep, I don't want to go too much. Craig said all the important points. He's playing Oakland. Like, it's an easy start. Next you can only score when you have the ball. So, this is true. That's it. That, that, that. Well, actually, I'm not I'm sure. just going to John Madden me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, into my quarterback sit of the week. Um, I have Dak Prescott as my sit. Sorry, Craig. I know you're playing him. And he needed some numbers out. Um, we're so looking. far, so good. I thought that we would have uh, maybe get this done a little bit quicker and we would be not so deep into the game. But let me give you what I had my prediction originally as. I don't I know where we're at in the game. Well, we're at the, the game th- hasn't started yet. <laughs> we're in the third quarter of the game <laughs> yeah, between It's Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, so uh, again, he's playing Chicago, which off the bat looks like a tough matchup. But the Cowboy offense as a whole has really looked very lackluster. However, the defense has really looked pretty solid. I think the Cowboys will win this game handily. Wrong. But on the back of Ezekiel Elliott, not just Dak. I thought this was going to be a heavy, heavy Zeke game. And he's got 17 carries for like 81 yards and a touchdown, which isn't bad. But, uh, it, again, it's he's, he's about to score. Yeah, he's, he's on the goal line right now. Stuff. And Zeke gets another one. Gets yeah. So I'm right about my Zeke prediction. Oh, he might have fumbled oh, on the goal line, but in any case, it's not it. Dak. It's not Dak doing it. He's a quarterback sit. Yeah, Turns so, out I'm probably so, right unless he goes off in the fourth quarter. So my, my deal with, with Dak was the fact that, you know, and that he was part of my trust issues uh, in the last podcast because of the fact that the Cowboys have struggled. Um, they have not done very well the last few weeks. Jason Garrett, I don't know what he's been figuring out on offense. Um, I know the... Uh, offensive coordinator there is a rookie offensive coordinator where at the beginning of the year things are working good um, but when it's coming to crunch time and things the pressure's on they've, they've had some trouble and it's unfortunate because I wanted to play the guy that got me to the playoffs but as it stands right now he's going to lose you a week um, in Dak so you, you got that right on the head and, and so so for mine another quarterback that's been struggling as of recent is Tom Brady um, that's my quarterback sit this week. You look at Kansas City as a decent matchup for uh, Tom Brady in the offense, but they, again, they've been struggling. Nikhil Harry is going to be on the outside. Um, Philip Dorsett, it looked like at one point last week, Tom Brady said after a pass to him, he's like, I'm done with him. So Philip Dorsett, a wide receiver for them, not looking too hot. Uh, Jacoby Myers is still a rookie, so what are you really going to get from him? Um, and, you know, the running game has been struggling. So Sony Michelle, some issues there. And as far as an offense as a whole, um, if I was a betting man, which over-under, I believe, this week is 48, I would take the under. 
um, because of the, the strong defense for New England against you know uh, Kansas City, and I just don't see the Patriots doing very well on offense this week as well. I think it's going to take a few weeks for them to figure it out, getting into the playoffs on the real NFL side, but fantasy-wise, Tom Brady's not going to do it for you this week, so he's my set. Yeah, my only uh, comment on the over/under is that Kansas City might put up 30, 35 against. Well, I just don't think. <laughs> I just don't think with. with yeah, that. We're, we're not a gambling podcast yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch me in the offseason. Beware. Uh, my quarterback sit. We've talked about this multiple times. Jared Goff shouldn't even be on your roster. Jared Goff dropped himself from his own fantasy team. Sean McVay <laughs> clearly doesn't have Jared Goff shares. Um, <laughs> listen, he played Arizona last week. Everybody does good. I mean, Miami does better against the quarterback than Arizona does. So that should tell you that right there. Um, but they went out, they stomped Arizona. And uh, you look at the weeks before that, they played Baltimore, Chicago, Pittsburgh. They did absolutely nothing. He only does well in, in, in positive matchups or in situations in which he's supposed to succeed. Um Seattle doesn't present that big of a challenge. I mean, it's definitely not the Legion of Boom that it once was. But that defense is good enough to keep Jared Goff from, you know, it, it's keeping him in size three diapers, you know. So he hasn't quite graduated yet. Well, maybe he's in pull-ups. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Jared Goff shouldn't be on the roster. And if he is, I wouldn't play him. You know, go go find yourself Fitzmagic and play him. Yeah. Go find yourself Tannehill and play him over Goff. So I love in yeah, and my um my quarterback sit is Drew Brees this week, which is crazy because it's Drew Brees, but um he faces San Fran, who is the best defense and maybe second best defense besides New England. But um, I mean Brees last week against Atlanta only had eleven fantasy points, um, and Atlanta's not the best defense by any means, so he's coming into San Fran or he's. They're home, but he's playing against San Fran, and Lamar Jackson was even held in check last week for a Lamar Jackson kind of game. Um, Breeze is, is outside the top 12 quarterbacks this week. If you have him, um, play Holly Fitzmagic over him. And I will go into my running back start. It's um, Sony Michelle for the Patriots. I know he has been horrific since week seven. He has not had more than nine points in any week since then. But he faces Kansas City, and we've seen Kansas City give up a crap load of points to the running back position. And um, I, he, he should get the ball a lot more. This could be, you know, his first 100-yard game of the season, which is sad. But Kansas City gives up points to two running backs. Well, I'll piggyback this one off to um, Corey start. Yeah, my uh, start of the week here is who? Wait, why are you picking it back off to me? James White. Oh, James White, bonus start. Sorry, bonus I was looking at the wrong column. My bad, my bad. Yeah, James White, I, I touched on him before previously um, in our previous podcast, so go ahead and listen to that. And uh, Just wanted to reiterate again. He had a huge game last week, but it was a lot of garbage time points. That being said, I think the game plan and game flow might go very similarly against Kansas City this week as it did against Houston last week, and you might see a lot of space open up for him underneath as Kansas City probably drops back and doesn't worry all too, too much about letting up yardage. They're just going to try to stop points and touchdowns. Um, the Patriot offense as a whole looks very disjointed, to say the least, and they haven't really shown any signs of improving over the last few weeks. The one, well, maybe the two highlights are Julian Edelman and then James White. James White showing that he has a natural ability to find space, make nice catches, 
and occasionally scamper in for the score. If he can get into the end zone, he has great weeks. If he doesn't, they're probably around that like nine to ten point range, which you can live with as long as you're only considering him a flex play. That's really what it boils down to. James White is a flex, a solid flex play with the ability to give you running back two upside. <laughs> Yo, all right, Mr. so Misky, dude. fantastic points, James White always. I just we have we're watching the game. It's now the fourth quarter, and we had talked about in our last podcast Mr. Holden, better than for Mitch Trubisky. If he is going to play like this, I want Mitch Trubisky because he just all of a sudden this week has got twenty five fantasy points just just from still rather Ryan Fitzmagic. Well, I'm just I'm obviously the week he's already played. So if you played him, you played him. If you didn't, you're probably smart. Um, but wow. Uh, nice on 25 yard run. Yeah, that was poor tackling by uh, the Cowboys. Dallas. Can't tackle at all. Um, my it. running back start is Benny Snell. Uh, James Garner is going to be out, and they clearly don't mind giving this guy the ball. Um, he's went out from a fantasy perspective. He's getting you over 10 points. I mean, it's nothing glamorous. You're not thrilled. At you. What do you do? 10.8 points, uh, and then 13 points. Now, 60 yard. It's, Jeez, I just looked at it. 16 rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown. Week before, he had about 100 yards on 20 carries. I mean, he's doing what an NFL back should do, about four and a half to five yards per carry. He's fine in the end zone. He's not catching the ball a ton. But when you have volume and no competition for it in uh, a world where the backfields are an absolute disaster, Benny Snell can easily be an RB1 uh, top 15 type of back. If you got him on your team, you're lucky enough to grab him. I mean, go ahead and start him because you probably don't have a better option at RB2. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jalen Samuels seems to have lost his spot to him, and Carrick yep. White doesn't yeah. seem to be pushing him. So. Right. Yeah, Samuels is not getting the groundwork. If he's going to be getting any work whatsoever, it's in the air. Um, Benny Snell has at least gotten one uh, pass you know, thrown to him, but outside of that, he's, he's not his, doing anything in the passing game. No, no I'm just but. saying like he is getting work on the ground. 21 the first week. And then was it 16? You said last week. Um, that's just workhorse, uh, information, uh, to have and, and going into mine. That's the same reason why I picked my running back start this week, which is Devonta Freeman. And when he was out, they tried the Brian Hill project and that didn't work. Kadri Olison was a guy that only got in on goal line work. So, once Freeman came back last week, he saw over 60% of snaps right away, 17 rushing attempts. Didn't really do much with him. He hasn't really done well at all whatsoever this year, but when you're getting the volume, you're going to be getting fantasy points. He's facing the easiest matchup for any running back whatsoever all season. Carolina is going to be able to give him points, and you're going to be able to get even just minimum flex numbers. I'm expecting double-digit fantasy points for Devonta Freeman. Just based on all the easy things you can choose, um, you know, looking at matchups. So Devonta Freeman's an easy one for me. Yeah, the other side of the uh, coin here is our running back sits. I'll start mine off with Duke Johnson. Uh, I just picked him because he had 17.5 points against what people are calling a tough New England defense, and it might have you thinking that Duke's going to be a solid start again this week against Denver. I would say you are incredibly wrong. He's best left on your bench this week. He's not even a flex consideration for me. The Patriot defense was giving up a lot of passes in the flats to Duke Johnson, and he was able to snag five of them for 54 yards and a touchdown. He had a few yards on the ground as well, nothing really to write home about. I think he had like 30 rushing yards on, I don't know, six, seven carries. But the chances the Bronco defense allows a repeat performance like that are very slim. I'd look for a, a very down week from uh, Johnson. I think he's, again, better left off on your bench, so you have better options on your team 
no matter who they are. You could probably pick up a better option than Duke Johnson this week. I was looking at the exact same thing with Duke Johnson with the fact that he did do well last week, and it was because of a lot of past uh, work that is why he, he did well. So I completely wholeheartedly agree, and on that same point, Carlos Hyde is my running back sit um, or bonus sit for this week, and it's mainly because he has only been relevant this year if he scored a touchdown or had an in one incredible week of 160 rushing yards. Uh, last week, he had 17 rushing yards on 10 attempts. If you're doing the math, that's 1.7 yards per carry. That's absolutely abysmal. Again, that's New England with a tough uh, defense. But Denver, in and of itself, is a tough defense. I think there's been some teams that have been able to run okay on them, but nothing that's going to say that an okay, maybe below average back like Carlos Hyde is going to do that. And so I don't expect that whatsoever from him either. Um, we saw last week with Deshaun Watson, he's going to be able to take over a game at any point, getting passing yards, running the ball, whatever. And I don't see that um, you know the ground game for the Texans this week is really going to matter at all. Um, so I'm sitting Hyde, you're sitting Johnson, so we all agree on that. Uh, so actually moving up to what my other running back sit is, is actually a player that I feel like a lot of people this week really, really want to play. And that's Rashad Penny. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Rashad Penny is someone in this year that has not really done, other than the last two weeks, has not really given you any confidence whatsoever to say that, you know, I'm going to start him uh, with confidence. <laughs> literally, literally there was, I don't know, one game where he was okay in the beginning of the year. That was week two. And outside of that, he sat, hurt. Chris Carson was the main back going everywhere. So with, you know, some issues with Tyler Lockett the past couple of weeks, you know, whether he had that flu or the leg injury or, or what have you, um, I think that they are going to get back more to a passing game, um, you know, going into this one. I don't expect a, a workload on the ground, in my opinion, where Rashad Penny is going to get enough for fantasy points. Um, I'm expecting maybe around 10 touches, and if he doesn't get a touchdown, which he got in the last two weeks, he's really not all that relevant. Um, sure, against Philadelphia, which was an easy matchup, um, you know, he had 130 rushing yards, but, you know, last week against Minnesota, which is a tough one, had 74 rushing yards, and this week against Los Angeles Rams, uh, which is right in the middle of the pack, which is pretty decent, um, all things considered, I don't see two running backs being able to give you fantasy points, and the one I'm going to go with is Carson, not Penny. So I'm setting Penny. I'm sitting Kenyon Drake. For all you Kenyon Drake truthers out there, thought his 26-point uh, explosion against San Francisco meant anything. Um, <clears throat> Chase, I, I, I am on record of saying I think this is Chase Edmonds' backfield. I know that Chase Edmonds didn't get any uh, – oof. I know that uh, Chase Simmons didn't get any carries last week. I think that's really more of a product of he was only active as an emergency situation, which tells me that they're moving on from DJ. So I think it's really Kenny Drake and Chase Edmonds' backfield. If this is a split, which I would expect it to be until Edmonds ends up taking it over and proves that he's 100% healthy, I don't think any of these running backs can be trusted. Um, Kenny Drake has been the starting running back for the last three weeks. And he's really, he's, he's, I mean, since his 26 point explosion, he's only gone over 10 points once. I mean, it's only been three weeks ago, seven, 11 and six. Um, but that should tell you enough about Kenny Drake that he comes in, he's flashy, he has a big game, 
But he really cannot be trusted. You go into your first week of the playoffs, you want to be starting Kenny Drake. Like, you have better options out there. Sony Michelle, Benny Snell, Devontae Freeman, Miles Sanders. These aren't guys on your waiver wire, but these are likely guys that if you've been following us and listening to us, they should be on your team and picked up through free agency. Um, so, Scotty, I'll, you can lead into yours. Yeah, and it's kind of the same thing. Um, a backfield that I don't want to touch, but the main person here is Marlon Mack. He's finally coming back off the injury after two to three weeks. He face, he's facing Tampa Bay. Um, uh, they're, I think, the second-best defense against the run um, all season. So this is a week where I want to bench Mack. I, I want to bench every Colt r- running back. Um, I feel like if you start him, they can, he can get you two points. Um, so wait a week for him if you can. The good news is Mac is coming back this week. He has easier matchups coming forward, uh, going forward. But this week, bench Mac. Uh, and Tom, I got my watch for start done. So um, yeah, out to you. I grab mine. Um, the, I, I had a hard time finding a wide receiver start this week, and this is just kind of bleh. Uh, it's AJ Brown. Um, I like to buy into storyline. Oh, we should have taken this with the with the Ryan Tannehill start, but I like to buy into uh, storylines every once in a while. And huh? I said, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We didn't we didn't even notice it. Um, but Ryan Tannehill is is playing for something, and they're playing Oakland, which is a bad defense. Um, sure, Derrick Henry can go out there and absolutely tear it up. That defense for Tennessee is very good, and they're likely to to pick Derek Carr apart. But A.J. Brown is the clear-cut wide receiver one for this team. Corey Davis doesn't seem to be in their plans at all. Khalif Raymond, who was a, I was just a week too early, early on that dart throw, um, seems to be in the mix as well. And John, who doesn't seem to be doing much. A.J. Brown, I mean, if you watch this, so he played opposite side D.K. Metcalf over at Ole Miss. is a big-body receiver who can just go get, I mean, he's 6'1", 6'2". He's a big dude. Ryan Tannehill needs to keep his job in the NFL. Like, I really think that Ryan Tannehill needs to be looking A.J. Brown's way um, early and often uh, to ensure that, you know, there's no quarterback controversy going into next year, that he, he continues to have his job. Um, and, I mean, Tennessee, honestly, is playing for a, a playoff position down in, that, uh, in the AFC in, for the wild card. A.J. Brown's the most talented wide receiver on that team. If you're scraping for a wide receiver, I mean, A.J. Brown's a guy that you should feel confident starting as a wide receiver three flex. And he was 20% owned as of last week. I haven't checked right. the update, but that's... I'll, that's check, I'll, check, I'll check it owned right now. Yeah. He's been a pickup of ours so for a while. He could probably still be in waivers. I mean, that receiving core is annoying. Well, so it's now... A, it's a, hit or miss. He's 24% owned, and it is hit or miss, but if there was a guy that you were going to buy into, it's A.J. Brown. Yep. Well, so yep. the other thing, too, he's going to have an uptick in usage this week, specifically because the other guy that runs similar routes, Adam Humphreys, has not practiced all week, and A.J. Brown will be getting that work as well. Um, so I, I really like your start on this one. I was considering it myself, um, but one that I know that I have to stick to is a player that I'm going to be in the weeds with everyone on this. I, the next couple guys that I'm going to be talking about are the decisions I'm making on my teams. So I have to... I have to give the advice if I'm taking it myself. And Jamison Crowder is my wide receiver star. And he has had some issues the last couple of weeks. 
and it was due to I don't know some some tough the Jets being whatever. awful. The Jets not running the ball whatsoever. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is doing good. But two weeks, uh, excuse me, um, six weeks, whatever it was. Uh, the last time they played Miami, he had nine uh, targets. Again, last week he had nine targets, eight receptions, eighty-three yards, and a touchdown. So he that was the week that started off a three-week run of double-digit fantasy points for Jamison Crowder. And I think that's something that you're going to see again. Um, it, for whatever reason, the Jets couldn't put everything together this year. So you're talking two low-level AFC East teams, rivalry going back and forth. So they're going to try and work on what they uh, have done well at this year, and that is getting the ball to Crowder so and, and Bell. So that, that area of that offense is going to be, I feel, picked on uh, well in this game, and they're going to move that um, you know, pretty well going in this game. And just real quick, Jamison Crowder, I know the last two weeks haven't been great, but we've talked about volume. The volume's there for Jamison Crowder, and he's proved that he's talented enough that when he's given the volume, he can return fantasy numbers. So seeing that he's still getting nine targets is, is positive. Uh, who's next? Corey, okay. we, we Corey did, you're going uh, over the sits now. Oh, the sits. Uh, Wide receiver. Yeah, I already told you my start was Devontae Parker, so my yeah. sit is Chris Conley. Um, just... Minshew coming back, I don't think bodes well for him. I know he put up some numbers in the past, but it's been four straight weeks, sub 10 points. And, Mick, I mean, 8.8 is his high point total in there. But besides that, he's around sub 7. So, not a great matchup with the Chargers coming this week. I don't think he's going to be the guy to lead that offense in the wide receiving core. I mean, you've got D.D. Westbrook. You've got D.J. Shark. You've got Leonard Fournette starting to catch passes. You've got Leonard Fournette who still runs the ball well. There's just not a lot of upside with Conley. He could go out and put a big game up, but the chances he does that are so low. And he's such a volatile receiver. It's a very inopportune time to be relying on a Chris Conley type when you're in fantasy playoffs or in some leagues, maybe you're still hunting for that final spot. But if you are in your playoffs, you do not want to start Chris Conley and then just pray and hope that he has one of his big monster games where he gets you 15 and even if his ceiling's 15, you, you have better players who have a more controlled, you know, 10 to 12 point expected outcome. So he's just not worth the risk for me until he shows any sort of consistent production. And right now his consistent production is trending around seven and a half points, which just isn't enough to get, it's not enough to get a start in fantasy playoffs. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. I mean, unless you're really hurting and you have to use him as a flex and you're really tempering your expectations, but he's not a quality start. You could probably pick up somebody better. Marquise Brown. Ryan Fitzmagic. Marquise, yeah. If you're in Tom's League and he folded Marquise Brown, you can grab him. <laughs> uh, so my, I'd probably play Chris Conley over Marquise Brown this week, to be so, honest. So a, a similar type wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo <laughs> versus. Yeah, a similar type wide receiver, there's Burner, uh, going to get a boomer or a bust, is a guy that has busted so much this year. So much so, with the last six times that he's been on the field, he's averaged only three targets. Three. Brandon Cooks. Do not play him. He's a name that you want to play. He's a guy that you drafted in the second, maybe third round of the fantasy drafts this, this year, and you're going, all right, it's playoff time. He's played two weeks. He's going to get a uh, division matchup. So, you know, we're going to play him. He's on prime time. You know, let's, let's try and hope for that touchdown. Uh, big, big play. Not going to happen, man. He he only he's only gonna get three tries at it, so you're not gonna you're not gonna play him. Do not play him. Don't get cute. Pick up Marquise Cook, uh, Brown instead of Brandon Cooks. 
Although I don't know if I actually want to play Marquise Brown this week. Sorry. Okay. Well, tough matchup. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my sit is John Brown. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this bet this uh, <laughs> the, these safeties again in the cornerbacks. But they got uh, what's his name Smith Earl Thomas Marcus Peters. You got it over in in Baltimore. John Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. Who? Who's Smith? Why Jimmy, am I playing Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Smith. That Jimmy Smith. Marcus Peters. These. Jimmy yeah, yeah. There you go. There. Yeah. Um. I really don't see how John Brown is going to be succeeding down the field, and that's how he succeeds. I really think that this is going to be a very heavy uh, Cole Beasley type of game. I think that Josh Allen is likely going to have to be playing play action quite a bit. John Brown can very easily be smothered by um, this defense. It, it's tough to sit John Brown because he has been good. You know, I mean, he's been a top twenty uh, wide receiver this year. But I, I, I think you got to temper expectations this week. This is a this is a tough defense that, I mean, outside of Debo Samuel last week, basically smothered the entire passing game for San Francisco. Uh, so John Brown's my sit for this week. All right, and my wide receiver sit is Tyler Lockett. His last three games, he has not had over 38 yards. Last game, zero fantasy points, Ooh. zero yards. Um, I, like I said, I don't, do not know what's happening, but he's facing the Rams this week. Um, tough defense. Ramsey should be on him all day. This is why, I mean, I, I think you play Metcalf over him. But don't play Lockett. He has not shown anything in the last three games. I wouldn't trust him going into um, playoffs. Um, I think Tom – yeah, so Tom, yeah. you have the other side, which I would start, is uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, and it looks like DK, man, he, he looks like he's a wide receiver one on this team right now. I mean, he's running a lot of different routes. He's running them deep. Um Something's going on. Dallas, dude, man, this Dallas Bears game like is so It's like the third time they're going for fourth and four right now. Um, Jason, well, Jason Garrett's playing for his uh, his coaching career. Oh, I'm pretty sure his coaching oh, career. Oh, he is should over be already. he should have been fired three years ago. I'm sorry, he's the worst. Probably. I think I could coach the, this this team to ten minutes. Well, yeah. Anyway, Bears Bears ball uh, with nine minutes to go in the fourth. They're down by a lot. Um, but yeah, DK Metcalf is a start while Tyler Lockett's a sit for us. Uh, I mean. I know Corey's got his own feelings on DK Metcalf. A lot of people, I think, look at DK Metcalf and go, he does one thing. Well, he does that one thing very well. Um, and he's getting looked at. I mean, last week, from, you know, you look at fantasy points, he had 8.5 points. But he fumbled the ball. I don't know that I necessarily agree with what the fumble was. Um, but they ruled it a fumble. And for mostly, that's minus two points. So if that doesn't get ruled that way, he ends up with 10 points. He's getting looked at and looked at often by Russell Wilson. I am not sold that Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are the offense for Seattle. It all still revolves around Russell Wilson, and he still needs a top target to throw to. And I think that's what DK Metcalf has turned into be uh, for the back half of the season. So he's a start for me. Uh, Scotty, we'll go back up to you. Yeah, so my bonus start is uh, Zach Pascal. T.Y. Hill is going to be out again more than likely. Um, last week, seven receptions, 109 yards. 
I know he's had some duds before that, um, but he is facing the Bucks, and they give up the most points to the opposing wide receivers. He's the number one option there. No Hilton, no Ebron anymore. I know Campbell's going to be back, but I, I mean, I think Campbell being back does help him in a way because they get to focus on Campbell even more. So I think Pascal is a good flex play start for um, week 14. And Craig? So this is, again, a guy that uh, I'm playing. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on whether I want to play him or another guy, Christian Kirk. Um, and so I've, I've decided on Curtis Samuel this week. Um, and the reason being is with the coaching change, it can put up a lot of uh, confusion or uncertainty on what player is really going to benefit, which one's not. And I know in the beginning of the year, the coaching staff was in love with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was someone that was on the team for three years where they were always trying to get him involved. And this is the first year that he's been fully healthy. Different quarterback than what they started off with. However, Curtis Samuel is definitely someone I know the coaching staff trusts. I think is someone that's going to be able to uh, do pretty well against an Atlanta defense that even though a couple weeks, um, you know, I think it was week um, 11, 12, they did pretty well last week, not so much. Uh, but I, most of the season, Atlanta has not done very well at all. And Curtis Samuel is a burner. Um, if there is going to be a play that, you know, would take the top off, Curtis Samuel is going to be that guy. Um, so there's, there's a possibility of a boom or a bust, but I think that that's been his, his um, you know, type of play this season. I think you're going to see a little bit more targets go his way, and your, your floor for him is actually going to go up with the coaching change. So a little bit of confidence on him. Again, I'm in the weeds. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm giving you the advice that I'm taking. And, you know, I'm here in the playoffs, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and put in a guy that um, at least early on in the season I had confidence going with. All right, I'm going to sit Emmanuel Sanders, which contradicts uh, Corey's bull prediction. But that's why it's bull prediction, right? It's because bold. it's not. It's very bull. It's not. This is the rational decision is to <laughs> sit Emmanuel Sanders. But if you want to, the bull prediction, you very easily can end up San Francisco's number one pass catcher. But you can also do that by only scoring four points. Um, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't looked great. This team obviously wants to operate on the ground. They have three very capable running backs who can handle the load, um, which leaves less volume in um, targets for Emmanuel Sanders. And then you factor in that Debo Samuels has looked great. And uh, George Kittle. George Kittle, uh, you know, is back on the field. It just doesn't seem like there's enough volume to go around. Um, if you're still holding out hope that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be doing what he did uh, in Denver and even what he did with San Francisco early uh, before he went over there, I think that you are looking at fool's gold. So sit him. Sit him down. <laughs> and then you two can do this one out. Yeah, so like, I don't, that's why I wanted to have you go first here before we kind of went off the rails. We've been promising you guys this for two podcasts now and kind of teasing it along the way. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about the, the running backs in San Francisco. My bonus is Tevin Coleman. We all watched him outright disappear last week as Raheem Mostert went for a career day, uh, you know, running big gains, big chunks every single time he touched the ball. You have Matt Breida returning to uh, action this week as well. And while this backfield usually produces at least one, maybe two viable fantasy running backs, 
it's simply too volatile and unpredictable to say which one of their three legitimate running backs is going to get the lion's share week in and week out. Shanahan has shown that he's more than willing to just ride the hot hand and let the other running backs fall by the wayside. And while they may have the propensity to run the ball more often than most teams in the league, it's maybe minus like the Vikings probably run a little bit more, but whatever. It's not a fantasy football backfield that you can rely upon with any sort of consistency. So for me, Tevin Coleman is going to be the odd man out, and he's my he's my sit for the week. And my sit is Raheem Mostert. Same backfield, and what Corey said to me that there is the three headed monster there, and, and there's also Jeff Wilson there, and the fullback. Ah, uh, you said you yeah yeah. Um, God, I mean, there is going to be a running back on this team that will get the points this week, but I am not. Banking on it, uh, I mean, I'm not, because it could be Coleman, it could be Bird, it could be Mostert, it could be Jeff Wilson, who knows. I am not going to the first round of the playoffs, tossing this guy out there that can give me 12 or give me a 2. I'm not doing it. So, Mostert's my sit, Coleman's Corey's sit, I would sit as well Brita. I would right. sit yeah. every ah, That's kind of the obvious. Well, no, 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 listen, you didn't put Brita. So, <laughs> what I take away is you start Brita. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Because no. you, you start to Brita's a he was an easy for you guys. Bottom three, so I'm I'm, I'm putting the top two. Um, here. And, and but before we move on, we talk we talk because we were all all of us feel that there's one back that is better than the other, and we're all split. I have Brita, Corey's on Mostert, and on Scotty's on on Coleman. I've also been on Brita. Hey, Craig's on you know, on Brita, so I think I think we've you got don't, a you shot don't want to take Jeff, Jeff Wilson there. Yeah, oh, you don't want to take Jeff I'm, Wilson. I'm so check. It's Jeff Wilson. Yeah. So, right, so Craig's got Jeff yeah. Wilson. So we're talking about one of the I mean the best offenses in the league, but one of the most untrustworthy right running cores for best fantasy. Team. It's not best offense, but the best yeah. team. And it will, it is important to mention too. Right. This is one of the no, biggest yeah, no, distinctions yeah, sure, in fantasy football versus NFL football. They are a great running team. In real life, but in fantasy football, they a, a three-headed rushing attack doesn't work for you because if you have one of them, you don't know which one's going to go off. If you have all three of them, you're not going to start all three. That's too stupid to even consider. Even if you have two out of three of them, oh, I don't yeah. think you can start two at once. Yeah. So none of them are startable because you never know who's going to do what in, in, in any given week. It's... Not it's not a backfield. Hopefully, you didn't buy into it too heavily. I did. I ha- I've had Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert on my teams at various different points, and they, you know for the most part they've panned out. But any given week, Tevin Coleman, I think last week what had two points, maybe less than that. It's just that that's a killer in playoffs. That, that's that's how you lose a game. That's how you right. And where we sit here and we say that oh San Francisco runs the ball more than any other team in the NFL. That's great. So you go and you look at their team and you go oh who's the running back there. Well, there's three of them. 12 carries, <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can take 300 carries and divide it by three at 100, and it still puts them outside an RB3. So we honestly, <laughs> we have our rankings and our running back handcuff article on the website. We have a 1A and a 1B, and then usually a handcuff or, or you know, receiving back or something else. We have a legitimate... And this is the only team that you really have the conversation with. It's yeah, a one A one B one C. Change that. Yeah, we have yeah. A, we have a, we have all a very vested interest, and I I feel like we all wanted to go on a tangent about a, a San Francisco running back this week, but I think it's I, I don't think that we can because I, I don't think that any of them are. Fa- I think it's just a waste of time yes. for us to even discuss, especially them. because we all just said they're not startable. You so. can't you can't start them. So just hear that. Don't start San Francisco running backs. Move on with your life. Pick somebody else. So our tight end starts. 
Um, Rudolph, again, Kyle Rudolph. Um, and again, we're trying to find tight ends that are likely in your free agency if you're streaming tight ends. Kyle Rudolph is is likely out there. Jared Cook, who is likely a guy who's owned, um, that we would sit. So, you know, start Rudolph he's, over Cook. Yeah, he's playing San Fran. Yeah. Tough defense. Sit Cook. Yep. Now, on to our sleeper section. I'll toss this one over to Tom. Take the first one if you want. Yeah, so I have Jacoby Myers. My write-up so far is just just because. I was going to say some really strong just, reasoning. Just because. Um, no, and, and I mean, here's my reasoning, right? I mean, Tom Brady, the, 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 the Patriots are going to have to keep up with the, the, the Chiefs offense. Like, this defense is not going to be able to shut down Pat Mahomes and win the game that way. We thought that they were going to do that with Deshaun Watson. They didn't. We thought that we were going to do that with Lamar Jackson. They didn't. Pat Mahomes is a pretty mobile guy. He's going to be able to get outside of the pocket. And if your linebackers aren't properly positioned, he's going to find an open man somewhere. And they're going to be scoring points. So Tom Brady, like the Patriots are going to have to generate an offense somewhere. Nikhil Harry wasn't there in the red zone. Uh, Philip Dorsett is clearly in Tom Brady's doghouse. There's no tight end. And then there's Julian Edelman, there's James White, and Jacoby Myers. If there was one guy who could be a sleeper on this offense, it's Jacoby Myers. Um, He's ended up with over 50 yards in the last two matchups with at least seven targets. So Jacoby Myers, if you're looking for a sleeper, I mean, he's he's somebody to look at this week. I I, I think it's a legitimate. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I think I'd I'd rather have Jacoby. I'd rather have Jacoby Myers over um, a lot of guys that we've we've talked about uh, already this week. So uh, everybody everybody's watching this Dallas game. Like, well, well, my <laughs> we we kick this over to strictly fantasy points for Dak, and it looks like there was a big play that's probably going to come back on a holding because it's a crackback block. Yeah, uh, Gallup couldn't. Couldn't figure out, you know, just go down or go forward. So I'm going to lose fantasy points from Dak on that. Terrible call, though. Scotty. Uh, oh, so, that Scott, there, your, your sleeper this week is an interesting one. Mine's Vance McDonald. Um, I mean, lots of, a lot of injuries in Pittsburgh. Um, the Duck calling Hodge is the quarterback. You know, that that's that's always a fun one to, to, to watch. And at the end of the day, Arizona is the worst defense in the league. Like, by far the worst defense in the league at tight ends. Um, they, for some reason, don't like to look at tight ends. So if there's one week for Vance to be fantasy relevant, it's this week. I think he is a, I guess, a top 12 tight end for a sleeper. For sure. And that could be six points for a tight end. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just to practice. What is that? And so... Oh, that was uh, awesome. Darius Slayton is my sleeper this week. He was someone that I was considering making even a start. Uh, reason being that he's even down in the sleeper category is the fact that Eli Manning is starting this week. Um, while that is the case, Darius Slayton is definitely the wide receiver that's going to offer you the most upside. Uh, he's that deep threat kind of guy. Um, and he is you know, definitely the big time uh, red zone receiver there if Evan Ingram is out. Uh, Golden Tate could possibly be coming back this week, which may even help because they're not going to be running the same routes. Um, and I see that you know Philadelphia is someone that is allowed a lot of uh, plays, uh, you know, big for uh, wide receivers and you know just anything in between. Slayton has averaged ten targets over the last three games, 
which double-digit targets multiple weeks in a row is just a is just a sight to make sure you have that guy in your lineup. Um, again, Eli is the reason why he's in the sleeper category, but I would say that if you need a start, Slayton is a good one. Yeah, and I've got uh, Danny Amendola as my sleeper of the week. He's kind of been the odd man out in the Detroit uh, wide receiver court. He's failed to post an impressive stat line or even break seven fantasy points in five weeks, uh, five straight weeks. He's had really one big game the entire year, and it was week one, and he's really just done nothing since then. However, he's still seeing a decent share of targets. His underneath route running should be a welcome option to whoever is the quarterback there going forward, whether it's Blau or Driscoll. And they just placed TJ Hawkinson on IR, so they need somebody running in that space. And hopefully Amendola as their slot guy could be in line for an increased uh, role in the offense. I'd look for him to have a big game this week, but a big game for Danny Amendola's standard. So I'm like, you know, maybe we'll get to double digits for 10 points and have a decent sleeper win for uh, for me for, for a change. Uh, dart throws. Tom, you want to start off? The dart throws. Splishy splash. Uh, CJ Hambone. Uh, it's actually just CJ Ham. Um, First off, Mark Pinnett made an unreal grab. Yeah. Was that so a catch up? Mark Pinnett made a catch But Oh, yeah. One, two. I'm How so you know? happy I had a big Um. Well, that's good for the, the Cowboys are still going to lose. Um, yeah, CJ Ham. Yo, if, if, if Dalvin Cook's out, this dude could get a touchdown. There's been three. So he plays fullback for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. He's had three games where he's had at least two catches. Um, and it's amounted in. He scored a touchdown through the air. Um, so it, it looks like if Dalvin Cook ain't there, uh, CJ Ham is the pass catching running back that uh, the Vikings want to use. You got to check a dart, you check a CJ Ham. CJ Hambone? CJ Hambone. I actually just want to go off of it uh, because it's I a dark seen... throw. <laughs> Why are you going off of a dark well, throw? No, just no, like, no, no. Yeah, just we, we check in, we check in darts, dude. The third string running back, Mike Boone. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, in, sorry. In, okay. in the same, right. in, on the same backfield. Mike Boone. Yeah, Mike Boone. Boone. So, so yeah. So he's got same thing. Mike Boone. That's my coach. CJ Hambone. Uh, my dark throw was Marcus Mike Johnson, um, Colts wide receiver. Whatever. Let's go. Oh, you guys both have a... <laughs> I think the better yeah. Colts wide receiver. <laughs> so we have the Minnesota so backfield. You got all right, so combined points for for the... Oh, I like that. I like that. All right, we're going to team up. I, I, I like don't this. know if we're going to win. I know, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> Does, if right. there's a week we're doing it, we had no plan for this at all <laughs> until now. Just to mention, yeah, I have Paris Campbell for the, for the record, everybody. Yes. Paris Campbell, who may or may not play, but if he gets out there... I think he's playing. I think he should. I, I mean, I mean practice. He practices yeah. full. Also, just want to point out, I love Marcus uh, Johnson's haircut. If you can go look at that on your uh, fantasy team, uh, it's pretty cool. Put that in your spank bank and uh, carry on. <laughs> uh, so as I'm sweating it out watching Dak, uh, we have week 14. So it is playoff time. It's playoff week one, baby. It is playoff it's week, week one. Week um, yeah, that's, that is what it is now, and whatever you have out there is what you have out there. Hopefully, we can give you as much advice as possible. Please go ahead and give us a shout-out on Twitter, on Instagram. Tag us at, at @topshelffntsy. Go ahead and send us a message if you want um, individually. We will do as best as we possibly can. There's obviously going to be a flood more of questions this week. Everyone's going to be scrambling. Again, tensions are heightened. 
everything this week matters. We're get we're getting into the money zone. If you get past this week, you're gonna start possibly getting some money in your leagues, and uh, hopefully we can help you out with that. So good luck with you guys. Thank you for listening to this one. Find us at Top Shelf FNTSY. Go ahead and check out our articles on TopShelfFantasy.com. We'll get more information on that sleeper. And um, that's going to do it. Stay fluid. Stay loose.